shoot an x-ray and you can then make a, a decision that saves quite a bit of money um, and promotes value-based care and also is better for the patient, easier for the patient, gives them more accessibility and is also pretty cost-effective. Hey, what's up? This is Corey Dion Lewis, clinical health coach and host of the Healthy Project podcast. Now, the research shows that social determinants can have a greater impact on your health more than healthcare or lifestyle choices. The purpose of this podcast is to discuss how to improve health and reduce health inequity by speaking to healthcare professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs. Now, if you're enjoying the podcast, give it a review. Or you can also make a donation to The Healthy Project using the link in the description. It takes 30 seconds and it's super easy. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now let's get started. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Healthy Project podcast. I am your host, Corey Dion Lewis. I have a great guest with me today. I have the co-founder and CEO of Rad Butter Health talking about Something that just as of lately, I didn't even think about what would be a big important part of improving health disparities, and and that's that's imaging and, and radiology. So you know, Elon, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me, Corey. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure, um, and I'm excited to share with uh, you know the world what I'm working on and um, what's coming to everyone's fingertips soon. Awesome, man. Well, before we get into the topic today, how about you tell the people a little bit about yourself and uh, what gets you up in the morning? Yeah, of course. I am a former healthcare worker. Um, I worked for the Cleveland Clinic, Ohio Health, um, and I also worked in the med tech industry working for Siemens doing uh, clinical consulting and sales. A little bit about me, I guess, you know, is that uh, I went into healthcare, you know, working as an MRI technologist originally before becoming a supervisor, manager, um, and then going into the private side of things. And I think, you know, really what I learned throughout the years, you know, when you're in school or you decide to get into the healthcare industry, you know, you don't really know, you know, what what you're getting yourself into or what you're going to see. And then you get a taste of it, of helping people and you see the circumstances of different people. And you realize how much you can do for so many and affect so many people's lives in a positive way. Um, and the thing that was really cool for me is after getting all this experience, seeing things, I, I realized, you know, I could have a much bigger effect. It's awesome to be able to affect people's lives and impact people's lives and make a difference um, on a one-to-one relationship every day when you're in a, uh, working at a hospital and whatnot. But, you know, I was lucky enough to meet some folks who know how to build software and design. And I realized I can push that to a much, a much larger um, amount of people more effectively. And so for me, what gets me up is realizing like, hey, I have an awesome opportunity right in front of me where I can help so many people and make their lives so much healthier and happier and easier. And that to me is just, it it makes me smile when I wake up in the morning, to be honest. It's it's very inspiring. It it motivates me every day that I can have such a big impact on so many people. Fun when the work that you do is also something that you that you love. Yeah, definitely. Um for me it's it doesn't really feel like work, to be honest. Like you said like you're saying, I mean it's feels like I have a really like a really big purpose, you know? And um, right. that's that's really awesome to me and it, it feels great. 
you know, I'm glad you brought that up. What, uh, what was it that, um, made you, and we'll talk a lot more about imaging and radiology, but I'm really curious, you know, with, with red butter, what was it that made you say, Hey, I can help more people with, with this. What, what did, what started that, that feeling? Yeah, it's actually, um, it's crazy. So, I mean, in my personal life, I think a lot of us are always, you know, impacted by those closest to us. They, there's the expression, you become, you know, who you surround yourself with. Um, and I think for me, uh, it wasn't necessarily that I was, you know, becoming who I was surrounding myself with. It's about the things that were going on in people that were close to me's lives. My parents had a lot of, started to get a lot of health issues as I got older myself. Um, my dad got cancer at stage three, um, breast cancer actually, which is very rare for a guy. My mom got, you know, started to have, uh, insulin sensitivity and liver issues, diabetes related items. I hope they don't mind me talking about that. Um, (laughs) and and then, right. (laughs) And then just a little bit later, you know, one of my best friends and neighbors, who's actually also my co-founder, he got into a car accident, crazy car accident. And had to be rushed to the hospital and get, you know, x-rays, CTs, MRIs. Um, And at the same time, my partner, she also, you know, found herself needing, you know, ultrasound. And so what I realized basically was this, is that all these people needed healthcare, right? And the first step in healthcare and whatnot of finding the root cause for stuff is, you know, okay, now, you know, all these people close to me you know, need access to these things that I know a great amount of, a great amount of information and knowledge about. And I'm like, oh, wow, you know, these people that I really love, they, you know, they don't have any information. They don't have any resources. They don't have access to pricing. They don't have any of this uh, available to them. And I was like, I know about all this. I could, I could help these people. And if I can help these people, I can, what can I do to help these people? You know, not just these people that I love that are close to me, but everybody. You know, what can I do to help the United States population, people of every background, every community? I mean, you know, some of these people who I'm mentioning who are close to me may have really good access to healthcare and some very little uh, or don't know much about it. My co-founder, he's actually not even from the United States. He's from a country where healthcare is free. And so for him, it was a huge surprise to walk into a hospital and, hey, (laughs) what's going on? Like now... Right. You know, I don't, I don't know what, how much I'm getting charged for anything. I don't know anything about radiology, how to find out what's going on, you know, with my neck, back, you know, brain after this car accident. It was all these things, a culmination. And I said, wow, there's an opportunity here with Rad Butter where I can create a platform, a resource for people to find access to all this information and to actually not just find access to the information, but streamline the entire process. I mean, is that something you'd want me to speak more about or is it, you know, just more mainly the inspiration that you're curious to hear about? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and we'll definitely get more into the, the, the details of of rad butter, but I just, I really wanted to know, (laughs) and you told me that story too, but I really wanted the people to know like where, where this was coming from. And you, you brought up, you brought up something um, when you were telling that story about access for, for everyone. And after having a conversation with you and, and talk and understanding how, you know, imaging and getting these services, the access may not be for everybody and it may not maybe harder for everyone to get to. So in radio in radiology, how would you define equitable access? 
it's a, it's a great question, right? And I think it just comes down to the word equitable, right? Equal access. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter who you are. Um, I think when you look at equitable access, that could mean accessibility. When we're talking about accessibility, we're talking about how easy is it for this individual to get access to this exam, right? What are the steps that they have to go through? Um, and that could mean different things for different people. So you could live in a rural area. You could have poor access to transportation. You could live in a city that has fewer uh, fewer facilities based on you know the socioeconomic uh, factors of that neighborhood or whatever the case may be. There's a lot of different things that come into place, but you're really just looking at people of all different backgrounds and saying, how easy is it for people from every different background to get access to getting this exam and not just getting access to the exam, but getting access to it in the right time frame. Meaning if you have a disease or a pathology, uh, those extra few days, you know, weeks, whatever that may be, may mean the world to them to getting healthier and being able to treat that properly and effectively. So when I look at equitable access, that's what I'm talking about, I think. And that's what I think it means is just reducing the barriers, really, for people, no matter who it is. Um, Transportation is actually the one that comes up the most, and uh, location or geography, um, surprisingly. Um, You know, and that doesn't just mean in the United States, but it could mean in the world. And that kind of leads to my next question. You just kind of touched on it, the, some of the challenges uh, in in radiology. What are some of the challenges that you, that you see? And it sounds like travel or getting transportation is one of them. But um, you also touched on maybe the community that they are in. What kind of, are there, you know, and, you, and you've worked in the field. Can you kind of talk about some differences that you've seen or some things you've seen where getting access to imaging has been difficult for people? So the first that comes to mind is uh, I was actually doing some work helping out facilities in New York City during the COVID pandemic. Right. Okay. Heart of the pandemic, heart of the whole thing, New York City, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the one thing that really stuck out to me and was very hard to see, uh, it was that, you know, you would go into neighborhoods that were more affluent to work at a facility there and everything's up and running. There were... There was more um, financial, uh, there was more monetary resources allocated to those neighborhoods to make sure that those um, radiology facilities were actually open and remained open and were functional. And then in areas maybe further out in the boroughs that had a lower amount of you know money or or wealth in those neighborhoods, uh, whether it was Queens or Brooklyn, um, you know Ridgewood far out in into those neighborhoods that are further away from the city where it's very expensive to live, uh, those facilities were just shut down. And when it comes to radiology, some people say that it's elective, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it is elective. Um, and when we say elective, just so I'm clear, elective is the same way you could say plastic surgery would be elective, I would say, you know, is it necessary? That's the right word. When you talk about radiology being elective it not it isn't really necessarily an elective thing unless it's it throws me off when uh, you say that yeah yeah it's not necessarily elective right if someone has really bad headaches and they're okay right now at the current moment that doesn't mean that it's still elective they could have something serious a tumor uh growing in their brain that's causing the headaches which means that it's not elective so 
when you look at how this was all treated and different neighborhoods being shut down, uh, facilities in different neighborhoods being shut down, that, that was the biggest thing. I think another is, you know, as I mentioned, you know, transportation, access to transportation um, and the elderly population. How are we taking care of, you know, folks in those areas? And now in radiology, there's a lot of companies doing what's called on-site imaging or mobile x-ray and ultrasound. And what's awesome, and it's not just uh, x-ray and ultrasound, but now MRI even, which is the most expensive of the type of exam, or as we call it, modality. Uh, there's new technology, emerging technologies that are coming out, and it's about giving people access to the information that these new technologies are coming to them. For example, an ultrasound, you can actually plug your phone into a ultrasound transducer and do a test inside someone's home now with an ultrasound or oh, what wow. used to be a non-mobile device. You now have something that's similar to that of a laptop that a radiologic technologist can actually go into a car, put that device in the car and drive out to that. You know, Maybe it's an elderly facility where those people can't get in the car and drive to a hospital or outpatient radiology facility. Maybe that's you know, someone who fell, who's, you know, uh, you know, maybe your parent fell and broke their hip or they think they have a broken hip and it's like, okay, what do we do here? What's, what's uh, an adequate solution. You can have someone put a mobile x-ray device in their, uh, van, drive out there, shoot an x-ray, and you can then make a, a decision that saves quite a bit of money, um, and promotes value-based care and also is better for the patient, easier for the patient gives them more accessibility and is also pretty cost effective. And now they can understand here's the root cause. Is it a fracture? Is it a break? Or is it a bruise, right? Or is it, you know, a severe bruise? And now even in MR, which is the last one that I can really talk about even more is, um, and when I worked at, this is in reference to when I worked at um, the equipment manufacturing companies, they are coming out with uh, MRI machines now that are half the price of what they used to be. Um, and built so that you don't need to hook up certain technologies. You may just need access to electricity. MRI machines run on something called uh, helium to cool them down. And you used to need to drive, you know, in rural areas, it would be very expensive for the equipment manufacturer to drive very far out to fill these machines. And now you don't need that anymore. They recycle the helium inside the magnet. So this is kind of more physics and technical. But what I'm trying to say essentially is, you can actually have a magnet that's serviceable from a remote computer or a remote location. So if it shuts down, it can be booted or fixed from a remote area. It can be installed and is cost effective to be installed in smaller locations, in more rural locations. They have technology that lets them run themselves, it almost run themselves, uh, where you can now uh, mitigate the issue of access to labor and uh, technical expertise. So there's a lot of technologies coming out um, and a lot of resources that are becoming available, but it's about knowing that these resources exist and knowing how to deploy them that I think is the issue. Right. Because I was just going to say, those all sound like great new technologies that can not only make healthcare more accessible to all people, but if you don't know that that's even available or even know even ask about those options to see maybe if you're where you can get that done at it doesn't mean anything if you don't know exactly man okay so you know why should people you know pay more attention to the role radiology plays uh in healthcare disparities that's uh also another great question and 
you know, as it pertains to radiology, it's so often overlooked, which is so difficult for me to see uh, as someone who's specialized in that field. So, you know, we often focus on the role of the primary care physician in healthcare. Uh, And that's because your primary care physician is, you know, really the quarterback of a patient's healthcare. And so we have tools now like telehealth that lowers, you know, the disparities and improves access to care, accessibility. You know, you can just go on your computer. When we talk about this now, yes, it's great to see a primary care physician. And I wholly believe that it's very important as your, as for them to be the quarterback of your healthcare. But what happens when the quarterback and Corey, you'll like this because, you know, we're both from alma maters that are big <laughs> in football. What happens yeah. when that quarterback needs to throw to its receipt to their receiver or hand the ball off to their running back, that running back or wide receiver, or for anyone who's not a football fan, um, the first step in understanding what your symptoms are, what's causing your issues is to do a root cause analysis, meaning, you know, what is the root cause of your issues, your symptoms, what's causing your headaches, what's causing, you know, uh, your depression, what's causing X, Y, and Z. It doesn't matter what that might be. What is causing it? And the best way to find out the cause of what's going inside, uh, going on inside your body is to look inside of it, to look inside of it and to say, this is what's going on. Okay. So an interesting statistic is 75% of patients that are admitted to the hospital are immediately sent to radiology departments uh, for imaging to figure out what's going on. And that number is significant. And I think that it tells us something that, hey, we don't necessarily always have to go to the hospitals because a lot of people don't realize you, your primary care, you can go to your primary care. It's, uh, it's not, you know, unless, of course, it's an emergent situation. I don't think a lot of people realize, hey, if, you know, your shoulder's bothering you because you went to the gym or whatever the case is, you can go to your doctor and maybe they will give you a script or an order for an x-ray, a CT, an MRI, whatever the case is. And now you can go to an outpatient facility and get that done and find out what's going on and figure out, figure out the best treatment so you don't keep going to the gym and hurt your shoulder. Or so you don't you know, keep engaging in the same behaviors that maybe is causing a symptom. And it, it's obviously not specific just to musculoskeletal uh, acute issues, but can also be for chronic diseases, um, whether that's you know monitoring multiple sclerosis or monitoring if you have uh, osteosarcoma or an, an, uh, a bone infection caused by uh, diabetes. Um, there's a whole bunch of reasons why you know you can use radiology to monitor chronic uh, conditions um, in a very cost-effective manner, and that's why I think radiology is overlooked. Is because it's it's really that foundational and pivotal cornerstone or keystone for knowing really what's going on in your body and what to do next. It's it's the first line of defense that you have to get around. Yeah, and 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 that's and that's so true to me now. You know, I was one of those people that I didn't even I didn't even think of radiology having such a huge role because you don't even get a referral for that unless it's something big or you know it is always is always like you said in an, an elective. Well, what what the fear is is what if you are having that headache? The doctor's like, "Well, wait on it. Well, how long do you wait?" And so if something is really truly happening, but not even having the information to know, well, hey, can I can I go to this private practice or can I do this or what or what the costs are? There are so many things around imaging that I'm currently starting to learn after having our conversation and realizing, 
like, man, there is a there is a big role here that I feel like the healthcare healthcare as a whole is overlooking when it comes to imaging services. Yeah, I think that to touch even more on what I was saying a little bit, um, we look at something, you know, like, hey, I'm having headaches. Uh, do I need to go to the hospital? Well, no. And here's the thing is that really to relate this back to rad butter and what we're doing and why I, why I wake up in the morning is, you know, as of July 1st, 2022 CMS, which is insurance reimbursements, you know, the, the medic center for Medicare and, and Medicaid services, um, that handle that whole component. They are enforcing now, uh, price transparency in the healthcare field. And I think this is finally the first step for healthcare to go in the right direction, to make it accessible for people to not be confused and complicated, um, for patients to have a better understanding of what's going on. And what we're doing is we're essentially opening that up in a way where you can have menu style pricing. It's a true marketplace platform as if you were going on Yelp or OpenTable or Amazon, where you can see every healthcare facility for that does radiology and you can see what their prices are, what their available appointments are. Um, and so if you go to the doctor and you're coming in and you're saying, you know, I have this issue and I just want to get better. And maybe, you know, the doctor wants to send you, you know, your physician wants to send you, you know, one way or do something else. I mean, yeah, you can really take control of that now and say, Hey, I would really like to get an x-ray MRI CT, whatever the case is, and really have that conversation with them and get an order or a script for that. And Simply find and book the lowest cost, highest value, you know, highest quality, you know, based on ratings and reviews, um, you know, based on the soonest available time slots and reduce that cost uh, really by more than a quarter, reduce that time to diagnosis by more than a quarter. Because, you know, just like anything, healthcare isn't perfect. Science isn't even perfect, you know, but it's, it's giving you the option to take control of, of your own healthcare journey. And say, okay, now I can find out for myself what's going on. Um, and it kind of levels the playing field because before I think a lot of people didn't know that they could ask. They didn't know that they could go to their primary care and say, hey, can I get this done? I'm concerned. It's my body, right? I want to know what's going on. I want to get an answer right away. And maybe insurance will cover it, maybe not. But now you have the access to see cash prices. You have the access to see if your insurance will cover it and how much that it will cost based on your plan. And now it kind of just opens up a whole world um, where you have a marketplace to look. And that's just something that's, I mean, that's just something to me that's amazing. I think it just gives people an amazing opportunity to like take control of their healthcare journey, no matter what background they're in, because the prices are a lot different now when you can see them versus mm. when you can't. So it's very right. exciting. So not only can you go to your your provider and say, hey, I would like to get this imaging service done, but you can also tell them where you want to go based off of, for one, what you see from, from the app price and then what you're comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, and to clarify, you do need to have legitimate clinical reasons or indications right. that would you know allow someone to you know make that script or order for you to go in, of course. But- Nonetheless, it's an opportunity to say, hey, there really is a way now for me to simply shop for my healthcare to to find the, you know, just like if you were to buy a phone, if you were to buy something at the grocery store, you can see your options, 
based on the type of exam and the soonest available appointment. And, you know, if you're someone that wants to be healthy to prevent, and I think prevention is a big thing to prevent something from getting worse or prevent something that is just starting. This is like, it's an amazing opportunity now for people to to have a level playing field. It's no longer just limited to a, a high tax bracket or a high earning individual who has some type of concierge medicine. It's now accessible to anyone of any background. It's simply anyone who has access to the internet can go online and see this stuff. And that's, that's to me what, like I said, what's amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Elon, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today, man. I really appreciated the information for um, anyone listening that wants to learn more about you, uh, Rad Butter and the things you guys are doing. Uh, where can they find you? Yeah. So starting to tomorrow or by the time this is posted, you can go to radbutter.com to find information on uh, anything regarding radiology, what to expect during radiology exams, the top radiology facilities in your area, ratings, reviews, et cetera, um, soonest appointments, all that stuff that was kind of mentioned briefly. But uh, in addition to that, um, you can find me on Twitter um, at rad underscore butter underscore or Elon underscore was here. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can also, yeah, so that's those are my the main places. I'm also on LinkedIn and you can just search my name, Elon Adler. Um, so I'm on there, you know, discussing about, uh, patient advocacy, radiology and equitable, uh, access to care and in radiology quite a bit. But, um, thank you, Corey, for having me on the podcast. It was a pleasure to talk to you and, and get to discuss this and share with your listeners, uh, about radiology in the healthcare world. Absolutely, man. Thank you for reaching out. I, you know, I learned something new today, so I, re- I really appreciated, uh, everything. Again, thank you for being on and everyone. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Project Podcast. I'll holler at you next time.